Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I really appreciate that, you know, I didn't have to watch a man with five o'clock shadow attempting to, to be like a 15-year-old, you know. Hey guys, welcome to Lovecast, the Boys Love Podcast. I'm your host, Pixie, and with me are Kayla and Alexa. Hello. Yeah, so today we are all excited and we're all um, matching in our excitedness. (laughs) (laughs) Unintentionally. We're harnessing our youthful energy. We do not plan to look like this, okay? For for everyone listening to the uh, podcast on audio only, like we're all wearing like striped t-shirts. Like bright striped colors, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and it I, just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, I didn't do it consciously at all. Yeah, <laughs> see, Kayla just... and I did it consciously, but we didn't plan to, to do, do it consciously. It. Well, so yeah. it just kind of worked yeah. out that yeah. way. <laughs> it was just the vibe. We are connected on like a <laughs> mind plane. <laughs> <laughs> So if uh, people didn't get that one, <laughs> um, we are talking about Heartstopper today. Yay. Because, yes, we have a lot to say. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but first, we're going to do our tea time. And since we're talking about Heartstopper, we're um, taking on a topic that was widely discussed on Twitter today. And that is um, a Tumblr post from Alice Osman, the author. Um, appeared, got dug up, where she, at, or they are, is she? Uh, she uses non-diet? she, they pronouns, so either or, okay, but okay. interchangeably, okay. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> So Alice said that when she a- answered a question, um, yup, no explicit sex in this comic, the characters are teenagers, so it's just not appropriate, and even if they weren't, I'd have no interest in drawing that. I wouldn't describe this comic as yaoi or even BL. They're genres of comic that tend to fetishize and eroticize queer men in a really bad way. This comic is just a romance between two boys and a coming of age story. Yeah. So BL, so this BL post Twitter is got a hold of 2017. that. Yeah. Let's just uh, say that first. So yeah. we don't I think know that's if the big her thing. thoughts are the same now. Yeah. Um, well, I want to say, first of all, the first part of the answer, I think, is totally valid. Like, yeah, they don't have to yeah. feel comfortable drawing mm-hmm. underage kids having sex. And sex. Yeah. 
depicting that in their comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think most people had an issue with that. I, no. I think there might have been some comment here and there, but for the most part, it's the comment about the Yaoi and the BL, um, and how they call that like fetishizing art of mm-hmm. queer men. And mm-hmm. you know, I think the big thing is it is a post from Tumblr in 2017, and I think there was another post going around that was kind of in a similar vein from 2019. But mm-hmm. both posts are three and five years old, respectively. So I think yeah. it's hard to gouge if Alice would still hold these opinions today. And I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest thing I'm taking into consideration when reading everyone's opinions about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. also think yeah. that um, before there weren't a lot of proper discussions around this. Mm-hmm. Like there were two sides, people who consumed it and people who thought it was bad yeah so you have a lot of nuances now that a lot of people explaining why it's not fetishizing and it's not yeah you need it to normalize and and there's been a really good evolution of yaoi um with more inclusion and everything um so i i do understand why people are mad Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and and rightfully so, but I also think that we shouldn't hold her accountable for something she said five years ago. I if she doubles down on it, I think yeah. like educating her about it uh, would be the proper way to go. Um, but this isn't like a area where you're you should cancel someone or uh, make their life miserable for something like that. Um, it just makes them. Uh, uh, what do you call it like it just makes them double down on their yeah. opinions if people yeah. talk yeah, them be for defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so so if you can calmly explain it that's fine but yeah I kind of feel like I feel like the post itself I really wish that we could see what she was responding to Mm-hmm. Because I haven't seen the actual question that she was asked anywhere. I feel mm-hmm. like the the main thing in what she said that maybe could have been worded differently is the eroticized part. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to get into that kind of territory, it sounds like you're almost like demonizing sex in queer media or making it seem abnormal. And like, yeah. I can't really speak for Yaoi, but... Not every BL series obviously has explicit content or Mm -hmm. is there like objectification of gay men. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of them follow the same archetype as Heartstopper. But again, it's like this comment was made in 2017 where this is the part where I kind of understand what she's saying is because at that time, you know, if you are a veteran BL fan that Like, every series was rife with, like, harmful stereotypes and tropes about gay people. And Mm -hmm. so, like, that's the part that I I see where she's coming from. I think it maybe could have been worded differently, though. And kind of in the same way that, like, she may be generalizing BL. I feel like people are also generalizing in their reaction to her response Mm -hmm. or what she said because... They're kind of making it out to be like BL is some utopia for LGBTQ plus individuals, yeah. and it's just not. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, there are so many layers to it. I feel like it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. 
But also, yeah. I saw there was like a layer of people calling it racist. And I, I'm convinced that everyone who said that is not Asian. Because yeah. I feel like they would be aware of the harmful stereotypes in BL and how they're like directly influenced by the society they come from. Mm -hmm. And so like how Confucianism influences a lot of the misogyny we see in BLs mm -hmm. and colonialism influences a lot of the beauty standards. It's just like there's so many layers to it. And honestly, yeah. when I read Alice's comment, I didn't read it as a comparison that she was making mm -hmm. between the two. Mm -hmm. I think maybe, I think she's like in the ballpark of like, she's on the surface of being right, mm -hmm. but maybe is not completely I... well informed. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it is ignorance. Like, she yeah. just doesn't understand what the BL genre actually yeah. is. She doesn't understand the history mm -hmm. of it or anything. She just knows what she's seen and what maybe people have told her or something like that. And, and there's so much more to it. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I also want to point out that this original comic was made back in 2017 before um heartstopper had been published officially like this was mm -hmm. when she was still posting it like for free as a webcomic on like tumblr which is where the webcomic mm -hmm. was originally posted so i think you know at the obviously her not being a public figure at the time or as public of a figure at the time does not mm -hmm. make it okay for you know her to go off making like comments that might be not as well informed as they could be but mm -hmm. when you're answering a question on tumblr.com I say this as a veteran tumblr user you know if someone sends you a question to your ask box you're not going to necessarily go do a whole history's worth of research before you type up your answer so I'm guessing that they were going on like we said what she may know about yaoi which may be mm -hmm. uninformed especially back in 2017 so mm -hmm. i don't know i think just pulling this one answer out of context um yeah and kind of using it to define her now and her mm -hmm. work now is a little bit unfair to her not a little yeah. bit i think that's very unfair to her actually like yeah. if she had if she mm -hmm. comes back around and says yeah i still stand by what i said in 2017 and that's a different story, and maybe that's time yeah. to step in and be like, hey, this is what Yaoi and BL actually is and what it actually does. But yeah. I think the fact that this just got like taken out of context and blown up mm -hmm. is kind of unfair to them. Yeah, I kind of feel too yeah. that it, it sounds like it was a, a, an answer that was sort of reactionary for... Um, if someone is getting a lot of questions about sex in their like comments. why they didn't include sex mm -hmm. in yeah. Heartstopper basically yeah, it yeah. kind of sounded like that she's probably had a lot of questions about mm -hmm. intimacy and sex in her comics and I wouldn't be that surprised. might be some of the reason why she answered like that I, yeah. I still think that we like should give her a chance yeah, and yeah. not uh -huh. judge for something that was said many years ago yeah it's 2022 mm. and i'm sure i i bet they don't even remember answering that question um mm. a question from five years Probably ago not. so you know if they go around seeing this flying around social media now i'm sure they have very different thoughts about the subject and i don't know yeah it just yeah. seems like and a... how many like artists or creators have you seen that are as inclusive as you yeah yeah just right. with race, with sexuality, with everything. Like, 
I have never seen a work like being so inclusive because artists are really afraid of um, going outside their own race, especially because they don't want to presume other people's experiences and like uh, you can get a, lot, a little stereotypical if you don't like really know right things mm -hmm. right yeah so I, I i think um she does look like she really uh, takes a lot of care with understanding different people and mm -hmm. put that into her work so okay. i i yeah. mean obviously if she comes out and says doubles down on this and just doesn't want to listen to anyone explaining it nicely i'll be a little more harsh about it but as it is now i think it's fine yeah mm. agree yeah yeah nothing to go to war about yeah i don't and it's really frustrating because i you know i made the mistake of reading through the replies on the post and there's so many people saying like oh i was gonna watch heartstopper and yeah, no now doubt. i'm double thinking it or i was gonna read the web comic oh. and now i don't know if i will and i'm just like it's so frustrating because mm. it's so good and i hate that you know this post has been taken and is like turning people away from reading the webcomic or starting the series because it really really is something special mm. and it kind of sucks that you know that that comment is not you know keeping people from experiencing what it is yeah yeah uh-huh yeah. yeah it's like everyone's own choice to make but you know I'm guessing everyone who's listening to this has probably watched Heartstopper. If you haven't, pause this and go and watch it. Um, yeah, and <laughs> it's not important. Warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there will be spoilers, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Go forward mm -hmm. knowing. Be be aware mm -hmm. if you're if you're in the middle of watching it or if you plan to still watch it and you don't want to be spoiled, go finish mm -hmm. it first and then be sure to come back. Yeah. So for um, the story um, in the show, um, the overall story in the show compared, like, okay, there is there is the comic, but we're looking at the show right now. Mm -hmm. um, how, I know Alice was involved in the screenplay of everything, yeah. and they did change mm -hmm. a lot from the comic. For me, it felt like um, she sort of, upgraded on her own story mm. with the the challenges she had like they can't go to paris for the first season <laughs> yeah maybe that's a second season thing <laughs> once they once they have the more netflix budget yeah yeah so so she like obviously she had to make sure that they were in um where did they film it london in england i think somewhere? so yeah i think it yeah. was in london yeah so they had to rewrite something to to like make it fit, and I think um, I really liked it. I I really like it. It does feel like it. It feels like when you have this story you, you wrote like a lot of years ago, and you're going back to it and like sort of making it better, mm -hmm. rewriting. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, it's kind of like an opportunity like to it. refresh it in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Yeah. yeah, I've been, um, I started reading the webcomic after I binged the series last weekend. So I'm like a little over halfway through the webcomic now. And I think despite some of the changes that were made, it was still so spot on in a way mm -hmm. that like 
works. Like, so much of the dialogue was taken word for word from the webcomic, and I don't think it's often that you can take word for word dialogue from Mm -hmm. a novel or or whatever and have it actually transfer over well into, um, like, a televised format. So I thought it was really cool how, like, the lines still felt natural, even though they Mm -hmm. were taken, like, directly from the webcomic. And I think that... A lot of it is due to um, Alice being involved in the screenplay, and also I think you can tell that the people involved in the play, or the play, the production, understood the age of the characters and the age range they were working with, and it didn't feel like a bunch of, like, 50-year-olds were trying to write dialogue that was relatable (laughs) to Gen Z. Like, it felt natural, and it came off natural, and I think that's Mm -hmm. why, like, it worked so well to take so much that they did take directly from the webcomic. So I I really, like, there aren't a lot of episodes. There are mm-hmm. eight episodes in to- total. Um, but I still, I didn't feel like we were missing anything or mm-hmm. that it was drawn out. It kind of felt the perfect pace for the story yeah. each episode. Agreed. I was surprised when, um, like, the show came out, and I knew it was only going to be eight episodes, but when I first started watching it, I wasn't aware that they were only going to be, like, 25 to 30 minutes, so I was, like, I was surprised going in, because I'm used to Netflix originals having, like, 40 or 50 minute episodes, and that was kind of um, the expectation that I had with it, so I didn't know how they were going to be able to, like, make the story flow in eight, like, 25-minute episodes, but Mm -hmm. I think it did go well. There was a a lot in every episode. Like, thinking about the first episode and how much went down in that episode from, like, Charlie first meeting Nick all the way to, like, the whole Ben Hope situation and Nick stepping in there, it's a lot of time to cover, but I think the pacing of it was done well so that it didn't feel choppy and things kind of move smoothly across the episodes despite how short they were yeah how what what did you guys think about the addition of uh, imogen because she isn't in the um, comics i thought she was cute yeah i i know yeah i I thought so too i (laughs) i know a lot i saw a lot of people (laughs) online that were saying that um it felt unnecessary that she Mm. was there it sort of um, ruined some of Nick's um, personality that um, he built up in the comic Um, it Mm. just didn't make sense that but I I do see what they were trying for they were trying for to show his struggle but at the same time he was never he never showed any interest for Imogen at all it wasn't sort it wasn't a part of his like um by awakening yeah yeah um I saw her kind of as like a device to emphasize a lot of the pressure that Nick felt when it came to like still being relatable with his rugby friends and kind of his internal struggle with realizing he's queer means can I still be a part of this friend group and fit in with this thing Mm -hmm. that's been my personality for so long I think particularly the point where like she asked him out on a date and he kind of felt pressured into saying yes um I kind of saw her more as like not saying that she was like 
device and in, in, in that she was like not a good character but like the presence of her character I kind of saw as a device to emphasize that aspect of him being conflicted about leaving behind the life he's always known kind of thing um like they never yeah like you said there was never any confusion about whether or not he had romantic feelings for her so I think it was more just like him trying to be ready to take that step to to risk losing the friend group he's always known for Charlie and you know the feelings that he's developed and that kind of thing that makes sense I kind of feel like she took the place of Harry because in the, in the comic Harry is support, supposed to be a really really good friend of Nick mm-hmm. and and he Nick has a problem like uh, leaving Harry and the gang behind um, in the <laughs> <laughs> the series Harry is just an asshole. It, it's, it's like, yeah, why are you even there? God damn it. Uh, you don't get that relationship to Harry in, in the the, um, the series as you do in the webcomic. You can't really see yeah. Nick being friends with him. With the rugby in, lads. Yeah. yeah. The rugby lads. I kind of feel like Imogen is the, um, the glue between Nick and the rugby guys in in the series. Yeah. Yeah, I am... I, like, Imogen herself as a character, I, I, like, she didn't do anything wrong. Like, I've seen so many people, (laughs) like, so many comments about, like, well, you know, the hating Imogen comments because Mm -hmm. she's the girl who's, like, coming in between the relationship. But, like, her crush was not unwarranted at all like you know she didn't push it on him you know she had every right to ask him on a date he said yes that was on him Mm -hmm. and then when he came back and explained what was going on she was like completely understanding of it so like I don't know I think people just wanted to hate her because she was there and it kind of sucks because I don't think her character did anything wrong in the like at all yeah, honestly, when no, she found she out, she looked really supportive of the whole yeah. thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was a little bit unfair for people to, like, redirect their sort of hatred towards her. I mean, you should, like, Harry was a lot worse if you're going to hate on someone. <laughs> Everyone, we all hate Harry here. Harry, yeah. Harry hate club. Ben Hope hate and can, club. Can, can I just mention, like, Harry's acting was horrendous i i it's the one bad thing i have to say here like his acting was fucking horrible the actor who i know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. he was supposed to be this like wannabe posh uh kid but it was so bad like the timing was so bad on his lines he 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 (laughs) felt like it felt like you were watching like this teenage school play where the kids didn't have any like acting and especially when you see him acting with uh, with the kit because yeah. kit is a great mm. actor right and you see those two next to each other talking to each other it's so you get so aware of how bad this actor is <laughs> it brings you out of the whole thing yeah i don't <sighs> disagree with that because Ooh. a lot of his lines definitely like the the timing of him and the and the of them and the delivery on them definitely took me out sometimes. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I was yeah. kind of like, I I oh. sort of feel like he probably had a bigger role in the show, but they cut him out of. Oops. Most of it because <laughs> it was horrible. 
that's a conspiracy. <laughs> he just like reminded me of like a Fortnite Among Us <laughs> like yeah. pee pee poo poo type character. <laughs> like I couldn't take him seriously. I kind of like want to figure out if he was like the kid of someone on the set who just like got the role because it's a favor to someone or his parents are rich or anything like Ooh, with the with the amount of care they took in the casting in mm. this show i do not understand how this happened <laughs> yeah can they please explain this to me it'll be interesting to see um how it works with Harry in the later seasons where he kind of like has a not redemption arc because you know they never really like become besties again but like Harry does kind of come around and apologize for being a piece of shit in the earlier like books and I'm curious to see how they'll work that into the series if there's a second two and how that actor will do with playing playing any lines that aren't just him like trying to insult people <laughs> yeah heather is counting yeah. with like it, what if the act he acted that way as a way to show the character was putting on a bravado uh, to hide something but i i even if so it's just the <laughs> delivery of the the lines are so off mm. it's <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't even give them the benefit of the doubt here. It's so bad. <laughs> I definitely saw, like, the bravado and the way he carried himself, like, his stance mm -hmm. and, like, he like had this, like, oh yeah, gosh, the yeah. way of, like, bro way of moving. Like, I definitely yeah. saw the bravado there, oh. like, him trying mm -hmm. to, like, puff himself up type thing. And I think that was, like, the physical acting was, like, like fit the character the way the character was supposed to be, like. But the line delivery was yeah, not the best. Yeah, but it it, did, it just looked like he was trying to copy someone who actually is a good actor. It didn't look like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, I'm being brutal here. But... And I'm very sorry to that actor, but I, I'm sorry. I think you need to reevaluate your life choices. <laughs> oh my... <laughs> Toby no, doesn't he's ever... probably a really nice guy. <laughs> I'm not... He's probably really, really nice, and I'm being a bitch. But, dude, it was so bad. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he's probably a really nice guy. <laughs> I think maybe I was too caught up on just, like, hating his character that maybe I didn't notice how awkward some of the lines mm. were like anytime he opened his mouth i was just like you're stupid shut up and like kind of didn't pay attention to him yeah so valid. i don't know if i picked up on that much awkwardness but i don't not believe you <laughs> i'm sure it i don't know maybe i'd have to watch for a third time and really focus on mm -hmm. harry just for yeah, but it's like in the comic he does have like this redemption arc and i i it's sort of they also they put imogen in there but they also put uh ben um in in situation where originally it was harry in the comic that said those things or like ben is a lot more in the oh. series than he was in the comic yeah like, a lot in the more. comic he basically like disappears after 
yeah. the whole scene in the first episode, pretty much. Um, so they made yeah, him after, more... Yeah, after oh. the scene at the party, he just... Yeah. Gone. Yeah, but they 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 kept him around. Kept and him. I mean, um, Bash, Bastion, the actor who plays Ben, like, did a great job. Like, he embodied the... Like, the second he was on oh, screen, the like, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many, like, reactions and stuff that I watch for, like, the first scene he showed up, everyone's like, yeah, he already looks like a shitty dude, like, I just can't even, like, the way he <laughs> so carried cool. himself and his facial expressions, it was just like, he did such a great job of, of embodying how horrible Ben was, and, like, yeah, and Sebastian in real life is, like, such, such a ray of sunshine, cutie. and he hates Ben Hope so much, it's so funny. <laughs> So just like that definitely speaks to the yeah, he did a great that's job. That's what you call good acting. <laughs> Please, leave the poor kid alone. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. No, I, I think like the casting for this show was like if we go away from um, what I didn't like. Um other than that, like the casting was amazing Mm -hmm. and and um the fact that we heard that they casted um they the people they casted uh had to uh be like aligned with their character Mm -hmm. so they um they cast like uh isaac he's ace Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And which was confirmed by Alice. Yeah, she and did. and yeah. you have Joe, who's gay, and 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 um, kid, L, uh, yeah, I, L yeah. is trans. And so I, so, yeah, yeah. Even um from like be moving beyond sexuality, like into the race factor. Like I was watching an interview, and mm-hmm. um, Will the actor who plays Tao was like they specifically mm-hmm. cast like put in the casting call someone who was Asian or half Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that um, they really made effort to mm-hmm. make these characters as true to the way Alice wrote them and mm-hmm. keep the same level of diversity that had already been included in the web comics. And no one got recasted as light skin who wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, who was dark skin in the comics or, Things like that. So I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that they put in that effort to make yeah, it as it, true to the comics as they could. Yeah, and it really, like, for everyone that read the comic, it makes it even better because you 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 get this nostalgic feeling and just, mm-hmm. like, good feeling that they actually care what they're putting out there. and And seeing them on screen, it's like... That's exactly how I imagined mm-hmm. they looked. Like even if you like looked at them in um, the drawings, like oh it, they're the exact like this, yeah versions and, of yeah. these characters. Yeah, Joe and Kit especially are just like oh my god! Literally, I never knew someone could look it's so like much like a drawing right off the, the comic. It's insane. <laughs> And just, it's like, really, Kit like, has, yeah. like, this perfect golden retriever energy. The energy, energy. yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, Lovecasters. It is time for another podcast giveaway. This time, we're very on brand with the theme of the episode and giving away a commissioned Heartstopper art print of the scene of your choice from the series. Law, who is a very talented artist and a close friend of the podcast, has graciously agreed to give away some Heartstopper art for one of our lucky viewers. Be sure to check out her shop and social links in the description to see some examples of her gorgeous art. 
Now to enter, all you need to do is head to the comments on our Heartstopper Deep Dive over on YouTube and share your favorite scene from the Heartstopper series. And for an extra entry, head over to the giveaway post on Twitter and follow the instructions there. The giveaway is open worldwide and will close on Saturday, May 7th at 11.59pm CDT, so be sure to get your entries in ASAP. Check out the video description for full details and good luck! Yeah, it was it was amazing casting and like to know that like thinking like obviously Kit has acting experience like he was in Rocket Man and other stuff but like for Joe this was his first um professional acting gig mm-hmm. like I was just watching can you tell I've been watching a lot of Heartstopper interviews <laughs> I was just watching an interview before this where he said like he'd done lessons and stuff at school and acted in some school productions and like local theater but like this was his first professional job and it was like an open casting call and to think of like all the people that probably put in their audition tapes that they like managed to choose someone who was so perfect not only like obviously his physical features are perfect but in the same way that Kit has that golden retriever energy I think Joe Mm -hmm. has that like kind of more reserved like energy that Charlie really has and it's just like so good Mm -hmm. Uh yeah yeah they they are literally perfect for those roles also we have to give them a shout out for casting age appropriate actors and like Mm -hmm. i think part of the reason why i could still relate to this drama even though it's like set in high school is that i wasn't watching like 30 year olds try to play a 16 year olds like Mm -hmm. most of the cast is 18 19 and believable as like the age of the characters they were supposed to play so I really appreciate that, you know, I didn't have to watch a man with five o'clock shadow attempting to, to be like a 15 year old, you know? Uh. Yeah. And I, I really like like that. There's usually when you see a lot of these teenage shows, um, there's like a lot of um, big burly men and thin like perfect women mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, everyone mm-hmm. looks like a supermodel and and here like in Heartstopper you have um you have like one skinny and and like <laughs> Kit hey, he has some chesticles on him <laughs> chesticles <laughs> but I, I saw a TikTok of of um someone who has like severe um dysphoria body mm-hmm. dysphoria and they like tape their chest to mm-hmm. be flat mm-hmm. and they said that it seeing him like being a little like, like not someone who's completely thicker flat helped actually with have their like own a chest dysphoria yeah. because you don't mm-hmm. need to be completely flat that's not yeah. normal. if you're like a thicker person yeah. male or female like you're going to have like more chest action going on mm-hmm. so like it was yeah it was very it was all very natural and mm-hmm. like all very authentic for what a teenager would look like you know yeah <clears throat> yeah not all body types are like lean yeah exactly yeah, yeah. right <laughs> so i, I really <sighs> appreciate and like um tao who is supposed to be like awkward and tall and lean like he was perfectly casted too and yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought they all, like, they all meshed really well together, and Mm -hmm. they just made, like, a very believable friend group. They did. Yeah. (laughs) I had a comment from, in my notes, uh, where I wrote while I was watching, 
first or second episode that no it's probably the first like it felt like a, like a modern lizzie mcguire okay 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 i can see that comparison you know i i got that feeling when when um nick comes over and he's um asking him to join the rugby team and he he kind of gets all star like oh like with the animations and and stuff Mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 I can see it. Yeah, I re- mm-hmm. oh, the animations I were so yeah, yeah. <laughs> to like the little Lizzie McGuire cartoon that would always come yeah. out and be involved. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole comic strip and like incorporation of doodles, mm-hmm. I feel like kept it really true to the comics, and it kept like that mm-hmm. playful kind of youthful tone. It was like such a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I I love the inclusion of the doodles and like. I, I even though I hadn't read the webcomic before I um watched the series and obviously that's like a huge homage 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 I don't know how you pronounce that word um <laughs> to the webcam comic um I feel like even as someone who hadn't read the webcomic at that point I could still appreciate like what they added to the scenes and kind of emphasizing like using the leaves and stuff to emphasize mm. like the fluttering, the butterflies they were getting and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, especially you know, like the fingers uh, touching and the sparks. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sparks. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was really good oh. <laughs> oh my <Yes>. God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It, it was really like, because um, I think that often, like, the BLs that we are used to, often they use, like, sound and stuff to make things comical to mm-hmm, the extreme. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. actually, I really hate <laughs> all the sound effects. The sound they effects, you, they yeah. overuse them too much. But with yeah. this, with the, with the added, like, graphics in there, um, I think it really, it was really nice. I was a little... In the beginning, in the first episode, it was a little much just the beginning, like, with changing um, with the frames. Oh, like, when it was, like, the panels? Mm. Yeah. Like, it was yeah, supposed to be was... the comic panels? Yeah. That was really uh, jarring for me, because it mm. started off so quickly. I, I it, ca- it came sort of it Just, like, unexpected. threw you into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but, but... Except for that, it was really natural and, mm. and felt really good to me. I feel like we have to talk about how they got Olivia Coleman to play Nick's mom mm. and how they right. managed to keep that under wraps the whole time. Yeah, and you, right? like, the first scene at the end of the first episode pops up and you're like, wait, is that fucking Olivia Coleman? <laughs> like, I just thought, um, like, that, that was just so cool that, like, obviously most of the time I think they had purposely for the casting gone with, like, lesser known mm-hmm. younger actors, but, like, to be able to pull someone, like, as big as Olivia Coleman into the project, I think just really speaks to yeah. the impact and the way they kind of, when I was reading about it, they, like, kind of sent the project to her, like, not expecting anything, and she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I can book off these couple days to film all these scenes with Nick and his mom. Let's do it. So, like, I feel like it really kind of speaks to, like, how impactful the project is that, like, Olivia fucking Coleman wanted to be in Heartstopper. Like, yeah. and she I, was I, in I, Heartstopper. Yeah. And and when I heard, like, the headmaster over the the, the sound system. Yes. And, and uh, I'm just like, is that Stephen Fry? Yeah. What? It's so cool. <laughs> 
yeah. No, that yeah. was so unexpected. Like, I, I, I love that they sort of got these two big mm -hmm. stars to just mm -hmm. join in. Kind of just, like, round out a cast of, like, very young new actors and to kind of have these, like, two big names in there, too, is really cool. Yeah, and that they didn't use them to sort of um, yeah. try and hype things up from the Yeah, beginning. dude. Like, they didn't put it uh -huh. out there at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Can we just for a second talk about like the colors they used throughout the whole series with the oh. yellow and the blue, especially? Yes, yes, yes. yes. There's yellow and it blue literally and reminded blue. me of the sunshine and sunshine protector meme. Yes. <laughs> It's truly what it is. I love, I love the way they incorporated it, even into like the smallest details of like the umbrella from the rain scene was yellow mm -hmm. and blue split mm -hmm. down the middle. I'm like, mm -hmm. I love this. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, love and, this. Yeah, and I noticed that like Charlie's bedroom in the first scene where you see him in the bedroom, the bedding mm -hmm. is yellow, uh, but after he starts crushing on Nick, he his bedroom like bedding becomes green and his wall is green Ooh. and the green lighting mm -hmm. with the drum set yeah interesting yeah i think they definitely that put a lot into the the excuse me <clears throat> like the color grading and the color themes across like there are so many shots of like nick in the bisexual lighting like when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even, like, the big one is, like, the party scene with Tara and Darcy where, like, they had, like, the rainbow effects behind yeah. them when they were kissing and then it would pan over to Nick and he was in, like, the blue and purple and, mm -hmm. and pink. But there are so many other scenes where it was just, like, Nick in bisexual lighting and I was like, you could not... 
I live for that shit. Like, it's so cliche, but, like, seeing the character who's questioning his sexuality and bisexual lighting, like, it's just so good. Yeah, and when I was, like, rewatching this, I was, like, hyper aware of all the colors. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept noticing whenever there's, like, um, conflict or inner conflict for the characters, uh, it, when Charlie goes to this party and he's sort of uncomfortable, mm-hmm. he's in a maroon, like, reddish maroon shirt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the same with uh, Nick, when he starts questioning his sexu- sexuality, Ooh, they put him in red and You're right. pink. You're right, you're right. Yeah. And I found How did that I not so that? interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through it. <laughs> I was just like, holy <laughs> shit. I really love, like, the attention to detail on this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, um, and oh, there was a line um, that uh, they said, like, bisexual people exist. Yeah. Um, Charlie yes. threw that line oh in. Oh my yeah. god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have loved the, like, it is so rare to have bisexual characters, period, that are, like, explicitly bisexual, especially coming from BL, where it's, like, a lot of the times the characters are either <laughs> yeah. gay or they do the I only like you trope. So to have a show that, like, really capitalizes on the existence of a bisexual male character and him realizing his bisexuality like it was so good nothing has ever been more relatable than nick re-watching pirates of the caribbean and realizing he was attracted <laughs> to both kira knightley and orlando please Bloom. The <laughs> like, are you gay quiz? The bisexual. <laughs> like it's the so relatable <laughs> oh my god oh my god in general i really love how they handle like Nick's coming out and just like coming mm-hmm. out in general in the series like I feel like they it's more of a natural progression than mm-hmm. some big announcement and they even say that like I think it was Tara she was like I don't want this to be some big announcement yeah but mm-hmm. I feel like especially with Nick it was just so nice to see that like even in the scene where he's coming out to his mom like the focus of it isn't queer pain, which is like what we see so much in LGBT media is a mm-hmm. focus on queer pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this good. series is just like pure queer joy. And I think that's been a lot of the commentary around it and why it's been getting so much love from like, especially older queer people who like didn't get media like, like this growing up and like didn't mm-hmm. get this, ex- their own ex- this experience in their own school year so like to have a fresh school series that is just like queer people just like existing and being happy and like having a basically fully queer friend group minus Tao that is just like they're happy together and they're all like happy in their identities like it's just so amazing to see yeah I I think it really shows off how subtle homophobia happens Mm -hmm. like people are Mm. often like uh, shown these dramatic films and movies like queer people um having difficulties like it's often very dramatic and like obviously things like that happen too yeah uh but Mm -hmm. the the normal day homophobia that uh, queer kids have to go through yeah um a lot more subtle Mm-hmm. And and it's just as painful. Yeah, and like I someone think, commenting, like, "You don't look like a lesbian" on your Instagram post. Uh, like that shit happens, yeah. and it mm-hmm. seems like it's not started. a big thing, but it's like real. 
Yeah. And you know, like Harry, all his stupid comments and Nick telling him like, mm. Harry, that's homophobic. homophobic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just having a laugh with the lads. No, I'm just whoa, having whoa, a whoa. laugh. <laughs> it's just so like reminiscent. Like I said when I did my Instagram live that I had no inkling that I was queer in high school. Like looking back, mm. I probably should have mm. recognized some signs, but like, I just did not, but Mm -hmm. even so, like, just the experience and the types of people that they had in the school and the people like Harry and the way the friend groups operated and the inclusion of, like, stuff happening on social media and stuff, it just all felt so relevant to, like, my own school days, and I think that Mm -hmm. made you relate to the experience a lot more, Um, even if you're, like, a queer person who didn't have that experience in high school or you're not a queer person, like, the high school vibes are always going to be relatable, and I think that can make you relate to the pain of the characters. Yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to, yeah. like, um, the the love aspect of this. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it this plot, like, with um, with Charlie and Nick mm-hmm. isn't, it isn't, like, a, a inherently, like, queer thing like I can like see myself in that with the relationship or crushes I had with boys when I were in school so so it's relatable to me too and it it sort of um shows off that like queer people are the same have the normal experience yeah it's not like an abnormal thing it's just normal teenagers crushing and it (laughs) doesn't it doesn't yeah. matter who the person they're in love with is. Like, if it's a boy, girl, or none of those. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's uh-huh. it's still yeah. just... teen experience. Yeah. And I think that's, like, that yeah. makes me think of how there have been some comments about, like, how cringy the romance is and I'm like that's just teenage romance like Mm -hmm. when you're a teenager and you're getting into your first relationships like what do you have to base that off of rom-coms and shit that you've seen in movies and read online (laughs) so all the cringy shit does happen so it's like I feel like people being like Mm -hmm. oh this is so cringy this is too cringy like this isn't realistic were you not a teenager like the cringy shit is what we live for romances were so much more cringier it's like celebrating (laughs) your like five day anniversary (laughs) and like that kind of shit like that's just teenage romance is cringy and that makes it realistic and like to Mm -hmm. to see like two queer teens get to portray a cheesy cringy teenage romance like (laughs) That has impact, and I think that's not a bad thing. Mm. Uh, Dude, I saw someone comment on Twitter that Riverdale was better, and I'm just like, no, what? (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) I think the entire cast of Riverdale themselves would disagree with that. That if, if your right. own cast hates your show, I don't think you can call it, like, good media. I'm sorry, Riverdale, but, like, mm. I mean, that's certainly a thing you can say. It's definitely not true. Yeah. I mean, there are some, like, obviously things are, everything's subjective. It's all your opinion, but, like, that's mm-hmm. just not true. Period, yeah. not true. <laughs> I draw the line at saying Riverdale is better than Heartstopper. 
Yeah, that just took Not me out. I, 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 yeah. That can't be serious. I, I was laughing. I, I didn't even bother <laughs> writing anything. I'm that just is, like... <laughs> that is that's so satire. Ridiculous. Yeah, I hope be. it was satire. That has to be uh, a joke. Like, oh, no one no. can believe that. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> I mean, my I got my boyfriend to watch the first episode, and he was like, like he laughed at some moments, uh, appropriate moments to laugh at. <laughs> Not that he was <laughs> laughing at the gay romance. <laughs> and afterward, after the first episode, he was just like. Yeah, there's like nothing wrong with it, but I I just can't get into like teenage romance. <laughs> I'm just like fair. That's fine. that's, that's yeah. fair. I mean, he doesn't like romance to begin with. <laughs> so, but he wasn't like he didn't feel like there was anything off with like the the queer part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a teenage romance period. It's like yeah. no different than other teenage romances that exist out there to all the boys I've loved before and mm -hmm. all that other kind of stuff you find on Netflix. Like, yeah, it's going to be yeah. that level of cheesy and mm -hmm. I don't think that works for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think, you know, there's significance in having something that's that same level of cheesy, but featuring an almost entirely LGBTQ cast of characters, you know, mm -hmm. like that's like, I was watching um, an analysis video the other day about like, the queer joy aspect of Heartstopper and how like in times like right now where we have like people pushing the don't say gay bill mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on in the UK about like trans rights and things yeah. like that so to have a series that is featuring like a trans character who is going to be featured in a romance with a cishet man and two mm -hmm. queer characters who are happily in love and just like finding young teenage romance with few little to no obstacles um as of right now um like that in itself is kind of like a pushback of all the like don't say gay shit and the mm -hmm. bigoted rhetoric that is going on so like to have something like this that just exists right now in this day and age and have it become mm -hmm. so popular is like a big f you in and of itself to the bigots kind of mm -hmm. thing and, and can we yeah. give some credit to tao as a character who gets um bullied and called gay and doesn't react to that at all like yeah. he, he he answers back to his bullies but he doesn't acknowledge that he's been called gay because he doesn't take that as an insult mm, mm, mm. yeah yes i love tao and he's that's the calculated right way with to his comebacks it. too yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. so funny so much fun <laughs> i know there are some people who like did not I wouldn't say they disliked Tao, but I think some people did find him annoying. Um, I think one of the things that um, is different between the webcomic and the series as of right now, because I don't know some of the stuff with Tao happened more in the Paris trip, and I don't know if they'll mm -hmm. do that in season two of the series or what, but I think they didn't do a great job of explaining why Tao is so dead set on Charlie and Nick like not hanging out and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think his backstory behind that and the guilt he feels towards charlie yeah. and things like that are a lot better explained in the web comic um so mm -hmm. i'm hoping that they'll kind of flesh that out a bit more if they get a second season but i did see some people kind of like why are you so like why is tao so dead set on like you know 
Charlie not being friends with Nick. And I think that wasn't as well explained in the series mm. as of right now. Mm. But I don't know. I thought Tal was, he was just a little shithead. And I think that was like what his character was meant to be. And he was endearing in that way. Yeah, I mean, he's very reactive person. His mm-hmm. personality is very reactive. And he doesn't think a lot about what he says. He just reacts. And yeah. I can... I... I, I I do that all the time. So yeah. I can relate to that so much. <laughs> just like without thinking, you're just reacting and then you can re- regret what you're saying afterwards. So in, in the comics, uh, when um, Tao, we we heard that Tao um, basically accidentally, basically accidentally outs, outed Charlie. He's yeah. the reason that Charlie gets He's outed. He's the reason Charlie is outed. Yeah. And... and um. While that was really brutal to hear, and I imagine for Charlie uh, was probably really brutal, mm-hmm. I, I somehow I really liked that they didn't put put it into the series. I think with everything else happening, mm-hmm. it would be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I can see that. Um, I'm curious to see like what the timeline will be if they do a series two, and like if that'll yeah. end up coming into play there mm-hmm. um but i don't think it's a bad thing if they don't necessarily bring it in at this point because i feel like um the conflict that that led to between tau and charlie was we kind of got the equivalent of that after tau got into the fight with harry and mm-hmm. was kind of like refusing to talk to charlie for a couple days so mm-hmm. i don't think they necessarily need to bring that aspect into it mm-hmm. um but i'm curious mm-hmm. to see what they will do i mean really excited to see season two because obviously mm-hmm. that's when like we kind of get more Tao and L and like that slow mm-hmm. burn coming to a head but like I think that'll do more for Tao's character as a whole yeah. um yeah. from what we know about like season two in the webcomic yeah I I love how they were subtly act like um showing um Charlie's um issues with mm-hmm. himself and, and doing like it his... very subtly. So mm-hmm. you kind of, when um, the revelation comes, it won't be a surprise because yeah. he's yeah. been spiraling. Yeah, I um, mm-hmm. I did not pick up on it the first watch, but then like going mm-hmm. back and rewatching it and having read the webcomic at that point, I was like, oh, they are laying the groundwork very early yeah. on for that. So I think um, season two is going to be a little bit... Um, I know some people are curious about if they'll be able to do season two with the same rating because of that kind of content. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I'm curious to see how it all plays out. I think they'll do a really, really, really good job with it. And there's a lot of, like, heavy emotional acting that comes into play in, like, the second mm-hmm. series of the novel that I'm excited it's to see. It's going to be dark. Yeah. Kit and Joe <laughs> oh. do. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be dark. Oh, yeah, I'm scared. Um. I do imagine some people probably will have issues watching that because it's a yeah. it's a really hard trigger for a lot of people. Hopefully, so, that it'll be like um, accurately trigger warned and yeah stuff. Like I know that. a lot I think of people if Alice were is involved. It will be. Um, yeah, because I know, I know a lot of people were afraid for this season that they were gonna put it in there. Because mm. they knew that they weren't going to be able to watch that. But obviously they didn't. I think they made the right decision in kind of keeping the season more light overall. Everyone who ha- hasn't read the comics is, are going to be so confused. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we should say like what it, what yeah, it is. I don't know if we should say people. it either. 
people like know what we're talking about. Um, I guess I'll just like for those who have not read the web comics, um, trigger warning. We can put a trigger warning somewhere. Um, they do kind of divulge in the second series of the comics that Charlie has an eating disorder. Um, mm-hmm. So a big part of his character development and a big obstacle in their relationship in the second series of the webcomic is kind of Nick realizing that about Charlie and confronting Charlie with that and then helping Charlie to come to terms with that and then like be honest with it towards his yeah. like about with to his parents and stuff like that yeah. um, um so that's like a big that's like mm-hmm. Charlie's main character arc I think in like the yeah. second if you series like of the rewatch comic. the the first season you'll you'll notice how Charlie um often doesn't eat uh whenever Says he's he not is hungry stressed yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, they so put, they're definitely like, laying the subtle. groundwork mm-hmm. yeah 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 but um I, yeah I think that you know, the hints were there, but I appreciate that overall they did kind of keep things lighter in the first season. I think that, um, obviously this heavy topic has, is a very important thing to address and it has a place in the media, but I think having something so, so dark and heavy in the first season would have kind of not, uh, undermine is not the right word because it wouldn't Mm -hmm. undermine it, but I think it would kind of take away from the overall optimism that a lot of people took away from the first season. Um, yeah. Like dampen spirits. Yeah, dampen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kind of appreciate that. You know, the the small hints were there, but they didn't dive headfirst into it yet. So, like, people mm-hmm. kind of have time to prepare and just, like, enjoy the purity of the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I like that they put um, Alice in the show too. Oh, her little camera yeah, was I really cute. That. Yeah, <laughs> it was really cute. Oh, and they yeah, showed like yeah. a behind the scenes of like how she was sitting there sketching yeah. Charlie and Nick. <laughs> that was really yeah. cute. Yeah, they they put yeah. a lot of like oh. I know I noticed that uh, or I was pointed out in one of the videos that I was watching that like on the bookshelf in Charlie's room. He has some of Alice's other novels that he she's written there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So there's definitely At a lot of tidbits point, to her. Isaac is also reading. Um, yeah, he's reading the, one of yeah, their other <laughs> their other works. Um yeah. so there's a lot of little like shout outs to Alice and then obviously the cameo as well was really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean we haven't been talked about Tara and Darcy yet. Oh my god. <laughs> And they were they were the highlight for me of like yeah. the whole series. <laughs> um, yeah, especially Tara. I I really loved seeing loved seeing her <laughs> in her turmoil um, over the way people perceived her um, mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. her and Darcy came out. Like mm, it was so real. If I if I think about it too hard. It will make me cry. Like, it's all the comments she was receiving yeah. on Instagram. Like, the one you mentioned. Um, like, you're too pretty, yeah, you're to, be too a pretty to be a lesbian. Yeah. It's, like, a shame or whatever. Ugh. Such a it waste, was just, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was just done. It was just so realistic. Like, it was done so mm-hmm. well. And I feel like they really did a good job with Tara showing how that had a negative effect on her. Mm-hmm. And just, like how people will literally like think that you're a different person after you come out 
Um, And, like, all the dialogue, like we mentioned earlier, the dialogue in this show is just, like, so... It's, like, how people actually speak. So Mm -hmm. I think that helped a lot of the conversation that happened between Tara and Darcy and Nick around their whole situation. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. I... One of my favorite scenes, like, slash chunk of scenes, I guess, was when Nick comes out to Tara and, like, lets her know that him Uh. and Charlie are dating, and then he kind of has that whole, like, heart-to-heart with her and Darcy, and, like, they kind of, like, lesbian guide him into, like, you know, helping him (laughs) understand, like, you know, the implications of coming out, and, like, we had kind of mentioned before... Tara saying that you don't necessarily need to make it a big announcement and stuff like that. Yeah. I just think that was, like, their, that scene with the three of them, that whole, like, arc of scenes was, like, one of my favorites in the series, and I really, really loved it. Yeah. I also, that, just, um, like, them saying the word lesbian and it not being this, mm-hmm. like, taboo or, like, not it not being sexualized, sexualized in the way that society mm-hmm. has sexualized it. I really love that. And I really love when Tara was like, I could barely even say the word lesbian, like, what, like a month ago? Because mm-hmm. it just, I feel like I rarely see that in yeah. LGBT media. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe if there was more LGBT media directed at, like, the teen, young adult demographic, because mm-hmm. I feel like there isn't a lot of it. Mm-mm. But, Mm-mm. yeah, at least yeah. we have that with Heartstopper. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I really appreciate that they kind of gave Tara, Darcy, and Elle more prominent roles in the series. Um, mm-hmm. Because in, especially like in the webcomic, they don't show up as more as much mm-hmm. until like much mm-hmm. later in like the first series and into the second series when they go to Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was really, 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 really appreciated that, that they made like the trans character and the two lesbians have a more prominent place. And coincidentally so also like the two black women in the show um like Mm -hmm. i was kind of saying before that i really appreciated that um tara was a dark-skinned black woman in a lesbian Mm -hmm. relationship because i think i can count on like one hand the number of dark-skinned lesbians that i've seen in media um so like things like that were just like really cool to see as also like a black queer woman Mm -hmm. um and l like also being a black trans woman like I don't know I appreciate that they kind of gave them more space and gave their arcs more space in the first season um and kind of really established them as like core characters early on in the series yeah yeah, yeah I, I really, I really so like how subtle and that. natural everything was mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I it the, the the subtlety uh made a huge impact mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of the time when you think like like about the about queer people especially if you're straight and you don't know kind of how it quote-unquote works I, I don't know you're very ignorant and and all that you cannot okay how am I supposed to act what am I supposed to do what I, what can I say what can't I say um so you get like into this spiral of trying to be polite but it, it ends up like being you're acting really 
abnormal towards people like (laughs) you're trying a little bit too hard (laughs) yeah you're trying too hard and and just it's like imogen with that i'm not homophobic i'm an ally like that's how people come Uh, out sometimes like Like, that's (laughs) just just so awkward don't treat people like that yeah and and just how um natural tara and darcy and and l and tau and Isaac and, and Nick and Charlie, everyone is so just treats everyone el- like normal people. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's not yeah. a big deal, anything of it. It's they're normal people, and you treat them as normal people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I wanted that made me think that I love where. As opposed to in so many series, you have, like, the one token gay person in the friend group. We had Tao as, like, the token straight friend. Because I feel like it's so much closer to reality that, like, queer people congregate together and queer people are friends with each other. And so, like, it's never realistic when you're watching television and there's only, like, one stereotypical gay person in the friend group. So, like, this was so much more (laughs) real to have, like... best friend to the... Yeah. uh, yeah main girl the straight woman yeah Yeah. so it was like so much realistic to have like a group of queer people and then like the token straight that's on thin ice i think is like the there's like an audio of that that, the one token straight friend yeah i I really appreciate that's literally my friend group (laughs) literally literally yeah Yeah. and like how tao just treats l like the girl she is it's like there's nothing awkward there's no turmoil about liking a trans girl or anything like that Mm -hmm. like and he doesn't treat her any differently than he did before she transitioned like Mm -hmm. yeah i really like that so good Oh my god, yeah. Nelly. Nelly. We have to talk about Nelly. Oh my god, that is the cutest dog I have ever seen oh, in my Nelly. life. She was adorable. <laughs> I love that she was always just like on Nick's lap at any given point in the series. She's so precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, they, they casted her perfectly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Even the dog is cast perfectly. <laughs> It's like literal out of the not like web <laughs> comic. It's the exact same dog. Yeah. Oh my god! Not I mean, like, me like doing the, the TikTok filter of which uh, oh. Heartstopper character are you? Oh. And Nelly. No, that made yeah, me Nelly. laugh. Oh my god! I, I was so shocked. I I didn't expect to see the dog amongst the characters. <laughs> Better Nelly oh. than like Ben or Harry. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, mm. <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, oh, that dog was so good. Oh yeah, we need to mention the teacher. Oh, Mister Ajayi, I uh, love him. I love him. Like he isn't. Like the what I love about him is that he isn't coddling mm-hmm. Charlie. He is being mm-hmm. supportive, but also pushing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Kind of like being the guidance that he actually needs as opposed to, you know, I don't know if babying is the right word, but I think coddling, like you said, is a good mm-hmm. term. Like even knowing that like this is a person Charlie confided in when he was bullied and he probably knows mo- more extensively than most what Charlie has been through. Um, he kind of encourages him to 
be honest with his feelings and confront the feelings that he doesn't want to confront. And I think he's just like such a good mentor. And that's another thing that's like so true to reality is that like everyone has that like one, like every queer person has that one teacher in school that they like mm-hmm. all gravitate towards. And like a lot of the times it's the English teacher, but the art teacher the is English also teacher. up there. Yeah. So like <laughs> him being like, um, like Charlie's kind of safe haven and also I just mm-hmm. like I love that he always had his little pride pin on I just thought that was yeah. so cute like yeah yeah it was I, I really I liked him. how when um, Charlie was complaining about Ben and he was he was like go talk to him have you talked to him talk to him <laughs> just be honest with him <laughs> he's like do you want me to tell you to break up with him because i feel like that's like he was like i feel like that's what you want me to tell you you know yeah mm-hmm. like i can't make the decisions for reason. you is yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> no but i love him and i know he um spoiler alert gets a love line in the web comic mm-hmm. um so i hope mm-hmm. that they bring that into play um if they do I a second season i would love to see that come to life um it's really cute yeah. so Thoughts on the... Oh, I have... This soundtrack of this series has been all I have listened to for the past week. I'm not even joking. Like, I had a straight up... um, Not a breakdown, but Netflix had, like, their own version of the playlist that they put on, and, like, that's been all I've been listening to on Spotify. And then, like, the other day, I went to go listen to it, and Netflix had taken it down for some reason. So I had, like, a moment of panic, because I was like, what am I gonna listen to now? Luckily, there was already, like, 30 other playlists that had already been Maybe. put together yeah. of the soundtrack. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I am I just know that, like, my Spotify year, my year wrapped in Spotify this year is going to probably be 90% of the Heartstopper, Heartstopper. soundtrack. <laughs> just because I've listened to it so much in the last week alone. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. It is so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it's OST, like things... the songs fit the vibe of the show very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, when I hear certain songs, I am forever going to think of Heartstopper when I hear that song. Mm -hmm. Like, the church's Mm -hmm. song that they use in the scene with Tara and Darcy where they kiss on the dance floor. Like, I will never not associate that song with Heartstopper anymore. Or the, Mm -hmm. I think it's Why Am I Like This, um, which is the one that's playing when Nick starts the question Mm -hmm. and types in the am i gay in the search bar like it's Mm -hmm. one of those shows where like the soundtrack i'm forever gonna associate those songs with heartstopper and i feel like that's the tell of like a really really good soundtrack for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just so good it's so good yeah yeah i mean yeah i think we heather's like throwing suggestions here in the chat again um kind of like going back to the (laughs) keeping it real for like what a teenager actually looks like in that They have imperfections in their skin and they don't like, you know, airbrush everything away in editing Mm -hmm. and, you know, they keep kits freckles and people have blemishes and all that kind of stuff. And I think it just Mm -hmm. all feeds into the realism of it all. Yeah, it's the same thing they did with um, Scum and Young Royals. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's a very um, sort of European style, sort of if you bring in um, Britain and... Scandinavia mm, and mm-hmm. the style in itself is very reminiscent to that place places yeah. those places um, yeah I definitely see that yeah and it's very noticeable when you are used to watching um, Asian BLs where they um, tend to even it doesn't need to be BLs shows 
in Asia tend to have this beauty filter <laughs> over everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like I was traumatized by BL <laughs> because <laughs> I mean even just with the there being no filter thing, but also like anytime Nick and Charlie had a misunderstanding I got anxiety because I expected there to be a really explosive, like, argument where they don't talk. But it never happened because they communicated. Communication. I was like, what is this? What is this? There's no fight. Yeah, even, like, the argument between, like, Charlie or Tao, when Tao was mad at Charlie, even that wasn't, like, dramatic. Mm -hmm. Like, he was just drawn out. Yeah. And he was and... still defending Charlie to everyone who was being mean, but mm-hmm. he was just mad at his friend. Yeah, no, the yeah. communication he was got over it. <laughs> spot on. Yeah, they talked about it. Talking? Yeah, they talked. In my, in my television show, it's wild. Oh it's my true. god. <laughs> communication. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just like... I feel like there's so many good things I could continue to say about the show, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's just like, like I, like Pixie said at the beginning, I feel like if you're watching this, you have already watched Heartstopper, but yeah. like, if you have not, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Go like, do I, it. <laughs> I cannot remember the last time I was like, so wholeheartedly like surprised and invested mm-hmm in a show like it's been so long like there's a lot of shows that i'm enjoying right now like kin porsche and, and cutie pie and mm-hmm. and a couple others but i feel like this is just like on a whole different level of how yeah. hard it hit me and like really like resonated with me and i just like cannot recommend it enough yeah and what makes it even better is like the impact this is having on mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. community and everywhere it really shows how you can sort of normalize queerness for yeah. people. Like, yeah. homophobes are going to be there. Like, you can see on Rotten Tomatoes some of the, <clears throat> um, yeah, reviews. <laughs> you can see, like, either there's, like, five stars or, or one star. Like <laughs> there's yeah. no in-between. Oh <laughs> but, like, the, those are the homophobes, and they're going to be there. They're useless but uh you like the fact that um it has a hundred percent um fresh score critic score on rotten Mm -hmm. tomatoes and Mm -hmm. a 98 percent viewer score is really good i mean that's like one of the most already critically acclaimed shows netflix has put out in years i think is like what the numbers are saying like Mm -hmm. um it was like number seven on netflix last week after it had only been out for two days at that like three days at that point so yeah. i can only imagine like what the numbers are gonna look like after it's been out for a full week like it's just people are flocking to it and like, there's yeah. definitely a reason for that because it's just yeah. genuinely good content yeah and it, it yes. even ended up on the top 10 list in norwegian netflix mm-hmm. and i've never seen a gay show on the top 10 list in norwegian <laughs> So that was uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been um, some, like, comments coming from the cast about how, like, their career has basically skyrocketed 
overnight. Um, I was watching this one interview once again that um, Kit and Joe did on like a British morning show and how it's like they were here giving this interview on this critically acclaimed show in the morning and they have to go study for their A-levels in the afternoon kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like... For a lot, like the lot, there a lot of them are still in school. First of all, yeah. which is like something to get, like juggling having this Netflix show that has blown up while also like trying to finish up school. I can imagine this kind of crazy for them. But I, I think like I feel like you can never really prepare for knowing how well a show is going to be perceived, especially when it's coming out on a platform like Netflix that puts out so much content in such rapid succession. Like you can never know how well it's going to do and if it's really going to take off the way you hope it will. Um, and a lot of shows that get put on Netflix do do well, but, like, not to this level. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that, like, none of them could have been prepared for the impact, especially with so many of them being completely new actors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do we do after Heartstopper? We rewatch Heartstopper. That's yeah, the I was just going to say that. <laughs> the only thing you can do after Heartstopper. It's so easy to rewatch it. How many? Yeah. I have rewatched it in full twice, but even rewatching yeah. just like clips and watching it through reactions and all this stuff, like some of these scenes I've seen probably like 20 times already because they're just so good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yep. So yeah, I will just be rewatching it until and talk about it until we word. get a season two. Yeah, yep. it's the yep. only solution. <laughs> I mean, Sounds if you want like an actual recommendation, I would go read like KCI. KCI put out an article where he's like, "There's a lot of parallels between Bad Buddy and Heartstopper." Um, I feel like most people who watch our channel have probably already watched Bad Buddy, um, so I can't really think of another recommendation that I feel like would truly replace this in in terms mm-hmm. of like the same feeling and vibe and everything mm-hmm. like that um which is why i'm saying just rewatch heartstopper instead because yeah. <laughs> nothing else is going <laughs> to give you the same feeling <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. any final yeah. thoughts i feel like i said a lot I of mean, what i wanted yeah. to say so yeah mm-hmm. it's just a really good show very mm-hmm. digestible it hits mm-hmm. close to home mm-hmm. but like in a good way Mm-hmm. Um, like, like we said, it doesn't get too dark this season. So yeah. I feel like anyone could watch it really and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Me too. Okay, so please tell us what did you think about Heartstopper? Did it live up to all of the hype for you? Be sure to share your thoughts with us uh, in the YouTube comments or tag us on any of our social media. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sharing this episode with your friends really help us out. Um, Thanks for joining us for this week's episode and see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye. Bye. Oh, oh my god. Pixie stripping on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I, I have hope the, the same thought starts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like I need some youthful. youthful. <laughs> this is not like I didn't think about wearing this at all. It wasn't planned. This was just That's like the t shirt I was wearing today. <laughs>
I really hope that I... the recording starts with Heather screaming, stop stripping. I hope that is the first <laughs> thing that is, that is on the recording. Because <laughs> I was yelling at you to stop stripping because it wasn't recording yet. But <laughs> obviously you couldn't hear. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. 